We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. You see, making good choices in life begins with submission. It begins with submission, not just information. Specifically, submission to the one who knows where he desires to take us and submission to the one who knows what's best for your life and what God wants for you. God tells the children of Israel, he tells you, I I know the plans that I have for you. I have plans to prosper you. I have plans to give you a success. I have plans to give you a hope and give you a future. That's God's plans for his people. I'd like for you to turn in your Bible, if you would, to Galatians, the the fifth chapter. Galatians, the fifth chapter. And uh, again, we are going to continue the series that started. For you that maybe this is your first time or you just missed last week, uh, at the beginning of the year, we started a series on the life of Christ. And we went through the life of Christ from the time that he was introduced by John the Baptist uh, at the Jordan River until the time of his resurrection and even I mean even after his resurrection we were talking about the life of Christ and how that you know that Jesus kept saying and reiterating that my kingdom is not like the kingdoms of this world and you know if you're going to be a part of my kingdom you got to begin to think differently uh, you got to leverage you leverage yourself for the benefit of the others you serve and on and on and on and we talked about all about the life of Jesus Christ and the worth of the kingdom, the value of the kingdom and everything. And then last week, we started a series on the person, presence, and power of the Holy Spirit. And it is my desire that we walk through this series about the person, presence, and power of the Holy Spirit that will really begin to understand, that will really begin to uh, clarify the importance of the Holy Spirit to you and I. Now, we believe, we believe in God the Father. We believe in God the Father. We believe in Christ his Son. We believe in the Holy Spirit as a song. You know, I, I should be singing, uh, but I don't I want you to stay. Uh, the Holy Spirit, all three in one. The three in one. I should say the three in one. And so we believe. We do believe in, in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ his Son. It was Jesus Christ that came to this earth incarnate God in the flesh and and it was Christ that died on the cross for your sin and my sin it was Jesus Christ who was buried in a tomb and on the third day he was resurrected and the purpose for Jesus coming as we said during this other series was that Jesus came not only to to bring forth a new covenant uh, not only to bring forth a new command but he brought forth a new kingdom and the kingdom was not going to be like the kingdoms of the world and Jesus came to be the sacrifice for your sin and my sin for the sins of all of mankind and that's what John said look behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world and so we we talk about that and then you know before Jesus went back to his father before he ascended back to the father there were things that Jesus would say, even while he was with his disciples. He would say, I, I, I want you to wait in Jerusalem until you be empowered from on high. That you be empowered from on high. I want you to wait in Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit. My Father, who uh, when I return is going to send the Holy Spirit to you. And so a lot of times we're not familiar. We're not familiar with the Holy Spirit. And so for the next several weeks or few weeks, we're going to be talking about the presence and the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, as I said, it's my desire to clarify not only the importance of the Holy Spirit to you and I, but to the purpose for God sending His Holy Spirit. And so last week, we asked the question, who is the Holy Spirit? Who is, now notice I didn't say what is the Holy Spirit, who is the Holy Spirit? And we discovered that the Holy Spirit was before creation, and that he was involved in creation, and that things that were dead, it was the Holy Spirit that breathed life into it. 
And we ask the question, what are some things that are dead in your life that needs to be brought to life? What are some things in your life, in your marriage, in your relationship, in in whatever arena of life, what are some things that are dead that need to be brought to life? Good question. I think it's a very good question. And it's the Holy Spirit that brings life into creation. And so Jesus told his disciples, go, wait in Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit. Because he knew apart from the Holy Spirit, apart from the Holy Spirit, they would not be able to fulfill the commission that Jesus had just given to them. You see, the Father gives us, and I want you to note this, the Father gives us the Holy Spirit so you and I can become more like Jesus. Because apart from the Holy Spirit, you and I are powerless to be like Him. Listen, you can try all you want to try. You can try your hardest to be like Jesus, but apart from the Holy Spirit, you are powerless. You cannot do it without the Holy Spirit living and dwelling and working in your life. And we also desire that God desires to be near us. That's why he sent his spirit. He desires to be near us, but not just near us. He sent his Holy Spirit to live within us. And we talked about how that he's a teacher and he's a guide, the Dasco and uh, Hobo, uh, <laughs> Hodogeo. Hodogeo. He's with us. He's our guide. So how do you see the Holy Spirit this morning? How do you see? And I want you to listen real carefully what I'm going to share. How do you see the Holy Spirit this morning? Do you see him as majestic? Do you see him glorious? Do you see him as a person full of wisdom and knowledge? Do you see the Holy Spirit as holy? I mean, think about it. Do you see him as a person whom the Heavenly Father sent to us to abide in us? Or do you see, now listen to me. Do you see the Holy Spirit as a person sent from the Father to abide in us or just to influence us? Good question. Someone who sees God's Spirit as just an influence or a supreme power will constantly say, I want more of the Holy Spirit. Now listen. How many of you are saved? Well, okay, I got two. (laughs) I know I had more than that. How many are you are saved? (laughs) Yeah, that's better. Now, listen. When you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have the Spirit of God within you. I want to say that again. You have the Spirit of God within you. He lives within you. You cannot get more of the Holy Spirit within you. All of the Spirit is within you. All of Him is within you. You can't get more of him because all that he is is in you. You got to get this. But sometimes we see the Holy Spirit as some kind of influence. And so we say, I want more. I'm guilty. I want more. I want more. I want more of the Holy Spirit. Well, listen, you've got all the Holy Spirit that you're ever going to get. Now, follow me because you're looking at me like, what? you got all the Holy Spirit that you're going to get. But on the contrary, someone who sees the Holy Spirit as a wonderful, gentle, loving person will say, how can I give more of myself to the Holy Spirit? See the difference? How can I give 
more of myself to the Holy Spirit. You've got all the Holy Spirit that you're going to get when Christ came into you and the Holy Spirit came into you. But now that the Holy Spirit is in me, how can I give more of myself to him? That's the question we need to ask ourselves. So this morning, I want us to look at how the Spirit works with and through us. And Paul gives us a catalog of characteristics of the Spirit in the writing of the church to Galatia. Notice in Galatians, the fifth chapter. Galatians, the fifth chapter, verse 22. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. Now, you notice something about the characteristics or the fruit of the Spirit. They're the characteristics of God. Now, notice that none of these characteristics are possessive in any way. When love is being demonstrated, it never controls. Did you hear me? When love is being demonstrated in your life or through you, it never controls. When God created you at creation or created mankind at creation, and when he created you, he did not create you to control you. He gave you an option. He gave you freedom. He gave you freedom of choice because love never controls. It always gives liberty and freedom. This is important. God does not possess you. God does not control what you and I don't allow him to control. Now the devil will. The devil will possess. The devil will control. Your sinful nature will control. But God never controls anyone or anything other than what we allow him to control. This is important. And if you look at every one of those characteristics of God, which is the fruit of the Spirit, none of them are possessive. None of them. None of them are controlling. When you're gentle, you're not controlling people. When you're kind, it's not about you, it's about someone else. When you're patient, oh God, help me with that. When you're patient, it's not about you, it's about someone else. And have you ever noticed the kindness of God? It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. It's the goodness of God that draws us into his presence. God is never about controlling. He's never about being possessive. And so the third person of the Godhead, which is the Holy Spirit, is never, never, ever about possessing you. He lives in you, and he wants to work through you, but he will only work through you when you and I allow him to do so. Now, to me, when I begin to recognize who God is and who the Holy Spirit is, there is no reason for me to be afraid of God other than the, the fear of God, and that's different than being afraid of God, or to fear the Holy Spirit, to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is very gentle. He's very kind. He's very patient. He's very loving. And when he's working in your life, he just bubbles out of you joy and peace and produces love. That's who the Holy Spirit is. So this morning, I want us to look at our relationship with the Holy Spirit and how he will guide our lives. Now, this is only going to happen. Some of you were here Wednesday night, and I'm going to kind of recap on Wednesday night just a little bit during this message, and uh, not going in the exact same direction, but using some of the same stuff. This only happens, God, the Holy Spirit, will guide our lives only when you and I are willing to submit 
to the Holy Spirit living within us. Now, I realize that this word submission is not our favorite word. Submit yourselves one to another. Wives, submit to your husbands. We read that a lot of times, and we forget about the, the scripture before that, where it says, submit yourselves one to another. <laughs> we kind of overlook that as, as husbands sometimes. We overlook that, where it says, submit yourselves one to another in Christ. And so, submission is not our favorite word. Submission. Now, I shared this story Wednesday night about GPS. I have a GPS on my phone. I used to have one on the dash of my truck or car, but, uh, you know, I moved up in the technology world, and I got one on my phone. Now, the voice on my phone is a lady's voice. I don't know how your phone is. I don't know if you can change the voice or not, but anyway, it's a lady's voice, and I will put a coordinate in there and and i'll set it up there on my thing and uh, it will tell me when i need to turn but i have to be honest i'm independent i just am i'm independent god made me that way no not god didn't really make me that way sin made me that way no not god didn't really make me dependent but anyway god made me to be dependent on him but because of sin and my nature and everything i have learned to become independent And so a lot of times when the phone is there, and I'll be driving down the road, and all of a sudden, you need to get in the middle lane. I like the left lane because it's a fast lane, but you need to get in the middle lane, or you need to get in the right lane, and you need to turn right at the next light or the next stop and everything. And in my mind, as independent as I am, I often like to say, I don't want to go that way. Now, you may not be that way, but, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm a man, and so I just don't want to go that way. You know, it's like a man saying, the wife telling you, you need to, why don't you stop and ask directions, because I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want, I know where I'm going, I know where I'm going, you don't have to tell me, I know where I'm going, and I don't want to stop. I'm just telling you. Ask my wife about that, we were in Iowa, and we ended up. And I have no clue where we ended up at, if you want to know the truth. I do know this much. I do know this much. The, the road kept getting narrow and narrow and narrow. And I felt like we were, we, we, there was no one around. It was deliverance country. That's a good word for it. It was deliverance country. You that are my age, you know what I'm talking about. It was deliverance country. Kept getting narrow and narrow. And about that time, my wife says, I got to go to the bathroom. Okay, too much information. I'm saying, huh, there ain't nothing I can do about it. There ain't nothing out here to go. I got to go. Well, anyway, I don't want you to picture that, but anyway. I did stop the car. I did let her out of the car. And when I let her out of the car, there was a nice snake. <laughs> That's all I can say. Do I need to say more? Okay, I don't need to say more. So anyway, you know us, we don't like to submit to the commands of the GPS. So sometimes we end up where we don't want to be. We end up where we don't want to be. Because we fail to trust and submit to the GPS. Well, in the same way, our failure to trust and submit to the Holy Spirit will lead to unintended destinations in your life and the decisions that you and I make today have ramifications down the road and unfortunately we do not know the outcome the outcome of many of our decisions that we make until it is too late to do anything about it and regardless of the outcome one thing is certain that you and I cannot go back in time Reset the clock and recapture all the time that we lost. They're gone. And so that's why it's so important for you and I to listen to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is in you and he's put in you to be your guide and to be your teacher and to lead you in the path that God wants to take you. 
And you say, well, how in the world does that happen? How does the Holy Spirit lead me? How does he lead me? There again, he lives in you, and he wants to work through you. You see, good wisdom, hear me, good information, good information and good wisdom is, are not always enough to guarantee a good outcome. If that were true, and I shared this Wednesday night, if that were true, why did the wisest man in the world get in such a mess? Solomon, the wisest man of all time until Jesus came, the most knowledgeable man there was, led his nation to a time of destruction. Now, how could a man that is so wise, so smart, so knowledgeable make a decision that would eventually lead his nation into destruction? That tells me that just good information and good wisdom is not enough. So what do we need? We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. You see, making good choices in life begins with submission. It begins with submission, not just information. Specifically, submission to the one who knows where he desires to take us and submission to the one who knows what's best for your life and what God wants for you. God tells the children of Israel, he tells you, I I know the plans that I have for you. I have plans to prosper you. I have plans to give you a success. I have plans to give you a hope and give you a future. That's God's plans for his people. Well, how come all of God's people don't end up with a hope in the future? Because they fail to learn submission. They fail to learn submission. And the solution for independence is the dreaded word, submission. Now we talked about Solomon. He prayed, God, he prayed, uh, God, uh, Solomon prayed to God. And because of his prayer that was unselfish, and he asked God, Would you give me wisdom to be able to govern your people? And God said, Because you asked for wisdom instead of the life of your enemies, instead of riches and wealth and fame, instead of that, you asked for wisdom to govern your people my people, I'm going to give you not only that, but I'm going to give you wealth and power and a name and fame. And Solomon was the wisest man in the world. And not only was he the wisest man, he was the richest man of all time. Do you hear what I'm saying? He was the richest man of all time. Richer than his father David. Powerful, powerful man. And if there was ever a man that could say, God, I've got all the wisdom. I have access to all the information that I need to make my own decisions. Solomon had that. But Solomon knew better. He knew better. In fact, he writes in Proverbs, the third chapter, and you're going to put it up on the board there. Proverbs, the third chapter, verse 5 through 7, uh, if you got it there. Thank you. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now get that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him or submit to him. And he will make your path straight. Now, I want to pause there for just a moment and kind of break this down. Here, Solomon, the wisest man in the world, says, trust in the Lord. Now, to trust, you've got to understand what this word trust means. To trust literally means to to lie helplessly face down or dependent. 
In other words, become dependent, totally dependent, not on yourself, not on your information, not on all the knowledge you have, but become completely dependent upon who? The Lord. Now, I got, you got to understand, the Holy Spirit is God in you. The Holy Spirit is God in you. So you as God's creation, you as a child of God, the Spirit of God is living within you. He's saying trust in the Holy Spirit and lean not on your own understanding. The word lean, as I, I share, the word lean literally means to prop up against something else, to be supported by it. So Solomon was instructing us to what? Trust on the Lord or lean on the Lord rather than our own intellect, rather than our own knowledge, rather than our own understanding. In other words, when we view things, the way, I, I, I want you to get this. When you and I view things the way God views things, no, excuse me. When we view things that conflicts with the way God views things, we are to lean upon the Lord. Did you hear me? This is important. When what, when what, makes, when, when what makes sense to us does not line up with God's revealed will, we are to side with the Holy Spirit and ignore the whispers of our heart. Now, I, I know that you're like me. Well, my heart says this, but God says this. The Holy Spirit is saying this, but my heart or my emotions say this. Now, every one of us are emotional beings. We're emotional people. There is nothing sinful about your emotions. It's the response to your emotions that can lead you into sin. And there are times that we make decisions based on how we feel. We make decisions based on what seems good to us, but it conflicts with what the Holy Spirit says. Well, let's bring this down to earth. That, and know and, and this. In all your ways, submit to him. Now, the word ways there means in all the arenas, in all and every area, in every arena of your life. That means not just in spiritual realm, not just in the spirit realm, not just in the church, but in every arena of your life. That means your business. That means your finances. That means relationships. That means, that means your career, whatever. In every arena of your life, submit to Him. Every arena. Really? I thought we would just submit the Holy Spirit when we come to church. And He moves on us to give a word or something. No, 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 no. In every arena of your life, you are to submit to Him, the Holy Spirit, to God. Well, I don't know about you, but I remember a time in my life, I'm not that old that I don't re forget, that I, that I don't remember. But I remember an area of my life, arena of my life, when I was in the dating mode. I know it's a long time ago. I know it's been a long, long time ago. I don't date anymore except my wife. But I remember I was in the dating mode. Whoo. You can say what you want, but boy, I was attracted by the appearance. First thing you see. Oh, yeah, she looks good. I wouldn't mind having a date with her. Listen. God made them. They're beautiful. It's okay. But here, he says, in all your arenas, submit to him. You mean to tell me I, got, I need to submit to the Holy Spirit when it comes to dating? 
Yeah. Okay, what does the Holy Spirit say about dating? Oh, some of you don't like this. Well, well, what does the Holy Spirit say about dating? The Holy Spirit makes it clear that, that when, you, when you begin to pursue someone, pursue someone going in the same direction with you. Do you hear what I'm saying? Pursue someone that's moving in the same direction with you. If they're moving against God, if they're moving away from God, if they're doing everything contrary to what God is saying, then the Holy Spirit and the Word of God agree, don't pursue that relationship. Don't pursue it. No, if you're going to pursue someone, make sure you're both moving in the same direction. In every arena, submit to Him. You say, well, where is that found out? 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter. But we won't go there today. Maybe later. But I'm telling you, let's make sure we pursue someone moving in the same direction. Because if you pursue someone going in a different direction, you're going to be fighting. You're not only going to be fighting with them, you're going to be fighting with, fighting with the Holy Spirit that's living within you. And all you're going to have is conflict. Now, that's what the Spirit and the Word say. Now, we could take the area of finance. I, I, I was amazed. I was talking to someone last week. I think it was last week. And, and they, they made a financial decision in their life. And, and, and I, when they were telling me about the financial decision they made, my, I, I, and there was a big red flag, big red flag that went up and said, oh, no, 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 you're violating a biblical principle of finance. Really? Yes. Don't you know there's some biblical principles? The, the arena of finance, God says, submit your finances, the arena of your life, to Him. And He will make your path straight. He will make your path so clear. He'll make it clear the direction where you need to go. Now, I, I just, I, I could go on and on and on and talk about this, but I, I, I don't have that time. But I want, us to, I want us to understand, when your emotions are in conflict with God's Word that you have revealed through the Scriptures, you've got to lead hard, lean hard into the revelation of what the Spirit is saying rather than your emotions. Lean hard. You have to submit to the Holy Spirit. Because God is not going to make you. The Holy Spirit is not going to make you. Force you. To go against His will. He will only control that which you submit to Him. And so when you submit to the revelation of the Holy Spirit, you submit to the Holy Spirit and you allow Him to control that area of your life, He begins to direct your paths, make them straight. So you got to lean hard. Divine direction begins with unconditional submission and not just the information. Now, Solomon was a very wise man. Solomon had a lot of knowledge. And Solomon knew the command of God. And did you know that God had given the Israelites a command? Now, here, this is, this is spoken to the nation of Israel, and there was a reason for it. So don't take anything out of context. Well, God was just a bad God or a hard God or unjust God. But God gave a command to the nation of Israel, and he said, I don't want you to marry I don't want you men to marry any foreign women. Don't marry any foreign women. And the king was not to marry any foreign woman. That was a command from God. But Solomon, Solomon, knowing the command, took it upon himself and began to lean in his wisdom and his knowledge. In fact, in 1 Kings, the 11th chapter, Verse 1 through 6, and I want to read this. It says, 
King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter. Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, Hittites. They were from nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your hearts after their gods. Did you get that? They will surely turn your hearts after their gods. The Spirit of God, the Word of God says the same thing today. As I said, if you're going to get in a relationship with someone, get in a relationship with someone that's pursuing the same thing you're pursuing, a relationship with God. Because if you get in a relationship with someone who is not pursuing God, they may turn your heart away from God. And, Jesus, and God knew this. Jesus knew this. The Holy Spirit knew it. And so he gives this command. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines, and his wives led him astray. Why? Because he was not willing to submit to what God said. Now, I'm just going to be honest. If you were a king, if you were king, politically speaking, it was a great move to marry the Pharaoh's daughter. Because if I marry the Pharaoh's daughter, instead of them being my enemies, now they'll be my ally. And if someone attacks us, then Egypt will join with us to defend us. And politically speaking, it was a great move. But it was contrary to what God said. You see, sometimes we look at things in life and we make decisions because we know it's going to be a great move. It's going to be a great move. If I, if I make this purchase, if I do this, if I get in this relationship, whatever, it's going to be a great move. I, I'm going to get in this relationship because I know if I get in this relationship, you know what? I'm going to win them to the Lord. Ugh. Very few people get into a relationship to win them to the Lord that actually win them. A lot of them are taking the other direction. And God knows that. I don't know why I'm talking about that today so much, but anyway, it must be a reason. So politically speaking, it was a great move. But it was against the will of God. Listen. When it conflicts with your emotions, when it conflicts with what God is saying, always yield to the Spirit. Always yield to what the Spirit says. Push your emotions to the side. Push them to the side. Bring them down under the control of the Holy Spirit and say, I will submit myself and allow the Holy Spirit to take control of this aspect of my life, this area of my life. Because if you do, he will make your path straight. He'll give you clarity and he'll give you freedom. You see, in Solomon's attempt to strengthen Israel, relationship with his neighbors, he actually weakened it. And his decision undermined Israel's dependency on God and ultimately eroded the nation's moral fabric. It was an act of disobedience that led a nation down a road of destruction. All because of that act that he did. And I say this in closing. In order to make the best move now, the best decision now, we need more than comp information. We need more than common sense. We need more than conventional wisdom. We need the Holy Spirit to move in our lives. You don't need more of Him. You've got all of Him you're ever going to get. But you need, you need to become more aware of Him. 
You need to become more aware of the Holy Spirit in your life so that you can lean on Him. And when it goes against your emotions, and when it goes against your intellect, and when it goes against conventional wisdom, the Holy Spirit, God is saying, listen, don't listen to your heart, listen to my spirit. Because the heart is deceitful. Your heart is deceitful. I was talking to someone the other day, and they wanted something so bad. They wanted it real bad. They really wanted it bad, and because they wanted it real bad, you know what they did? They justified all of their decisions because their heart was deceitful, and it led them in a direction contrary to the will of God. But they wanted it. They wanted it because their heart, oh, oh. I just, I want love. I want love. Yeah, everybody wants love. Listen, God wants you to experience love in its fullness. But not at the cost of your soul and disobedience and your life. Lean into the Holy Spirit. And so I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you as we go through this series talking about the Holy Spirit. Understand that you and I, Derek, where you at? Come on up. There you are. Understand this about you and about me. My propensity, your propensity is to lean on our own understanding, to trust our own judgment. Our natural bent will always be toward trusting ourselves. So we have a choice to make. Will we surrender to the will of our Heavenly Father, the Holy Spirit? Or will we continue to lean on our own wisdom and insight? Are we going to acknowledge God in all arenas of our lives? And are we going to be willing to submit to listen and submit to the Holy Spirit? You see, remember, the Holy Spirit will only lead in gentleness to those who are willing to submit to his leading. We use a passage of scripture in Acts 1 and 8. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem. Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. And we think that when the Holy Spirit comes within us, He is going to make us make the right decisions. He's going to make us do right. The Holy Spirit will never make you do anything. Because He's a spirit of love and gentleness and kindness. And the Holy Spirit will only empower. He will only empower that which you submit to Him. you got to hear this. He will only empower that which you submit to Him. In a moment of temptation. In a moment of temptation. And every one of us have them. In a moment of temptation, a lot of times you think, well, God, you're, you're going you're gonna to help me. You're going to help me. Yes, he will help you. He will empower you in the moment of temptation. But he will only empower you when you submit. Submit to, in that moment. He won't make you do anything. He won't make you serve him. He won't make you yield. He won't make you do anything. But the moment you yield, the moment you submit yourself, to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit within you, the moment you submit is the moment He empowers you for service. The moment He empowers you to overcome. 
The moment you say yes to the Spirit, the moment you say yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, I want you to be in control. I'm going to lean into you. I'm going to do what you say. It goes against my heart. It goes against my feelings. It goes against my emotions. But I'm going to choose to lean into you and obey you. I'm going to submit to you, Lord. And the moment, the very moment you submit, the Bible says that God gives you grace. God gives you power. God gives you strength the moment to follow through and to walk it out in your life and all you got to do is learn and and hear me what I'm saying it's a learning process it doesn't happen overnight it's a learning process of learning to say yes to the spirit of God that is within me I'm going to tell you from my own personal life. Every time I said yes to the Spirit, I overcame. I was empowered and I conquered. But every time I said yes to my flesh or yes to my emotions or yes to my heart that was contrary to the Spirit, I ended up walking away with guilt and shame frustration robbed of my joy and peace every time but every time that I yielded and said yes to the Holy Spirit that's within me you see we don't need more of the Holy Spirit we need to give more of ourselves to the Holy Spirit that is within us and as we do it God makes our path straight God takes us to places that we would have never imagined God gives us joy even in the midst of chaos God gives us a peace of God that will pass all understanding when you're going through the fire why because Jesus or the Holy Spirit is within you and when you say yes to him He empowers you for that moment. Even if it's suffering, He empowers you to overcome and to conquer in the name of Jesus. Would you stand? Oh, I'll tell you what, I'm excited today. I'm excited today. I really am excited because Jesus Christ came and He lived His life. He established His kingdom. Oh, he gave us a new command that we had talked about. He gave us a new covenant that the covenant would be in the blood that he shed on the cross for us. And then when he left or before he left, he said, you wait, you wait, you wait until you are empowered with the Holy Spirit. Until you are endued with power from the Holy Spirit. You wait, you go to Jerusalem and you wait there. And I'm going to see you the gift from my Father of the Holy Spirit. Because God wanted to be near to us. He knew that we couldn't make it on our own. He knew that we couldn't overcome. He knew that we couldn't conquer without the indwelling Holy Spirit in our lives. God within us. And so we sense the Holy Spirit. And when He sends the Holy Spirit and we learn to submit in every arena of our life to what the Holy Spirit is saying. He will make our path straight. He will make our lives joyful. He will make our lives at peace even in the midst of chaos. And He will empower you to overcome, to conquer in the moment you say yes and yield to the Holy Spirit in your life. Would you bow your head? Father God, I love you today. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for what you did on the cross. I thank you for what you did. God in the resurrection Jesus I thank you that you ascended and went back to your heavenly father and you prayed to the father to send the Holy Spirit God I thank you for the Holy Spirit today he lives he lives he lives within me he lives within us 
And God, you have given him to us today. You have given us so we could be near to you and you could be near to us. You've given us the Holy Spirit so he would teach us and guide us. And you've given us the Holy Spirit, Lord, that if we would learn, Lord, that if we would just learn to submit, Lord, that we would become dependent upon him, lean upon him, trust in him. God, that he would make our way and our path straight. And he would give us the power in the moment of temptation to, to overcome. Lord, I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit today. And you said in your word, Lord, if any of us lack whatever we lack in our lives, you said, ask, ask, and it will be given. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be open. So Lord, I'm asking today, oh God, make us aware I'm not going to ask you to fill us with the Spirit. If there's one here that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, Lord, I'm asking you today to make us aware of your Spirit, to make, make us aware of your presence, to make us aware, God, in such a way that we lean into you, that we yield to you, God, that we surrender to the leading of your Spirit in our lives so we can be more than conquerors in you, Christ. So I'm asking today, God, would you make me more aware of your spirit? God, make me more aware. God, don't give me more because I've got everything I need. God, make me more aware. Make me more acutely aware of your spirit today. I ask that not for me only, but for all of us today in the name of Jesus. And you said you would give freely. You would give freely. God, it's your will. It's your will that we become aware of your presence, your spirit. It's your will. And God, if we ask anything according to your will, you hear us and you give us what we need, what we desire, what we ask for. So God, make us aware. I ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Derek's going to lead us a course, worship. This altar's open. Maybe today you don't know Christ is your personal Savior. I want to give you an invitation. Jesus will make your life better and make you better for life. Jesus will give you the gift of eternal life if you only ask and believe. Confess. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart that He is who He says He is. And you will be saved believe if you don't know Jesus today I invite you to come I would be loved I would love to pray with you and Jesus would love to come into your heart and life he would love to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit maybe today you're saved but you need to be more keenly aware of the spirit that's living in you then I want to challenge you to ask today ask ask because when you ask, God gives. God gives when you ask. So I want to challenge you. This altar is open if you'd like to come and pray. There'll be those that would love to pray with you today as we worship. Derek, lead us. Thanks for listening to the St. Mary's Church podcast. If you made a decision to follow Jesus today or have more questions about following Jesus, we have pastors who want to talk with you. Connect with us at stmaryschurch.net or through social media on Facebook or Instagram. We can't wait to hear what Jesus is doing in you.